During World War II, in the Malaysian islands of the South Pacific, the native Malaysian islanders watched closely as the American and British engineers came in and built airstrips. The islanders were amazed to see that when the airstrips were completed, planes begin to, began to arrive filled with cargo, with food and clothing and building materials and machinery and even vehicles. And the soldiers often shared these supplies with the islanders as payment for their help as guides. And when the war ended, those airstrips were abandoned. The planes filled with supplies stopped arriving. But some of the islanders developed what has become known as cargo cults. They promised that if they did all of the right things that the gods and their ancestors would send them planes filled with supplies. And so they decided to build airstrips just as the soldiers had done. They hacked a makeshift runway out of the jungle and they built mocked up control towers out of grass and mud. They put fires uh, along the side of the runways and they put a man in the grass uh, hut control tower with two coconut halves uh, on his head for headphones. They rigged antennas out of bamboo and they waved landing signals on the runway. And then they waited for the airplanes to land. And no airplanes came. As far as they could see, they were doing everything right. They were imitating the soldiers perfectly. It looked exactly the way it was supposed to look. But the cargo of supplies never arrived. Now this story from history reminds me of how some have approached their spiritual life. They have watched others turn to Jesus for help and hope. They have seen these friends overcome addictions and habits successfully. They have watched people who at one time were just not very nice people become caring and compassionate and sensitive. In short, they have watched them become better people. And they looked at their own lives, and they wanted to become better people. They want to overcome some of the hurts and some of the habits and hang-ups that have been holding them back. And so they start imitating what they see their friends do. They start going to church, and maybe they start serving somewhere, and they might get in a growth group, and they make some new friends, and they gain some new experiences, but the changes that they saw happen in their friends' lives don't seem to be happening in their own life. They aren't more caring. They aren't more compassionate. They are still pretty selfish. They're still very impatient, and they still struggle with the same sins and habits, but now they just work harder to hide those habits, that behavior from their church friends. They are waiting for the cargo plane to land filled with the life change that they crave, 
but it never seems to arrive. And the truth is, both the Malaysian Islanders and these people wanting to see growth in their spiritual lives have overlooked the same important details. The plane full of cargo and the spiritual life change doesn't come because of imitating the process well. It comes from a real connection with the one who sends the cargo. In the case of the World War II soldiers, it was a real connection with the military supply officers. And in the case of spiritual life change, it's a real connection with God's spirit that produces growth and change. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you don't need to be frustrated. You don't need to feel stuck in your growth because you really can become a better person. You really can get rid of those habits that you hate and experience real life change that you have seen work in other people's lives. In Galatians chapter 5, it gives us some insight that we will be focusing on during this series. Look at verse 16 and uh, verse 17. It says this, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. We get to decide whether we follow the sinful nature or whether we follow God's Holy Spirit. And as it says at the end of the verses, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. And as a result of that, we're just not free to carry out our good intentions. In other words, it is more than just willpower that you will need if you're going to see life change that you desire in your life. And we'll talk more about this as we go through this series. These verses go on to specify what happens when we just coast, when we give in to our sinful nature within us. It produces so many problems in our life. But when we've trusted Jesus to save us, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And I know that that's a confusing concept but the Holy Spirit is the part of God who has the job of giving us comfort and strength. His job is to show us what's right and wrong and to help us to make choices that honor Jesus. And one of his main jobs is to cultivate life change in us. And that's what this series is all about. At a time when trees are budding and flowers are going to begin to bloom, we want to let Jesus cultivate life change in us through his spirit. And so we will be focusing on specific qualities that the spirit wants to produce in our lives. They are spelled out in Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23. Here's what it says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. 
So in this series, we will walk through these qualities. We'll discover ways to allow God to cultivate or grow them in our lives. Most weeks, we will be taking two of the qualities that are listed here in one message. And today, in the time that we have left, let's look at cultivating love and kindness. Love and kindness. These are two important qualities that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in me. And he will cause them to grow in me if I just cooperate with his plan. How can I cultivate love and kindness in my life? Let me give you a few areas to focus on to help you get started. First, decide to become like him. Decide to become like him. Of course, all nine qualities that we'll talk about or all nine of the fruit of the Spirit are qualities that God already has and that he exhibits uh, within his life and within us. But the first one is love. And it's more than just a quality that God possesses. Look at what it says in 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, Let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Love is not just a quality that God has or a quality he wants to see in our lives. Love is who God is. God is love. It isn't just a character quality. It is his defining characteristic. It is who he is. So file that away for just a minute. And then let's look at what it says in Titus chapter 3. Start with verse 4. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. The kindness and love of God appeared. What is that talking about? Well, it's talking about when Jesus came to earth. The verse says that when Jesus appeared, he personified the kindness and love of God. So both love and kindness are not just qualities. They personify God. Love and kindness are who Jesus is. And Romans 8 says that God's plan for each of us when we become followers of Jesus is that we should become like him. We should become like Jesus. So I begin this process of letting God cultivate and grow these qualities in my life by just deciding to become like Jesus. Deciding to become like Jesus. And it might begin with just a simple prayer, a prayer that says, Lord, I want to be more like Jesus. I give you permission to change my heart and my attitude and my life so that I can be loving and kind just like Jesus is loving and kind. Why don't we pause just a moment and pray that prayer before we finish the message? Let's pray. Lord, we want to become more like Jesus. Lord, we give you permission to change our hearts, to change our attitudes, to change our lives so that we can be loving, so that we can be kind, just like Jesus is loving and kind. So first, we want to decide to become like him. Secondly, 
to let him cultivate loving kindness in you, allow yourself to feel love. Allow yourself to feel love. Now, stating it that way might confuse some of you because we are pretty focused on love in our society and most often we view it as a feeling. We talk about falling in love and how our emotions just make us kind of dizzy and kind of lightheaded. It just takes our breath away sometimes when we feel like we're in love. And while sometimes romantic love does feel that way, doesn't it? But the love the Holy Spirit produces in us isn't just romantic love. Romantic love is supposed to be exclusive. But the love that the Spirit produces in us is very inclusive. It includes people who are normally pushed aside and outcasts in our society. It includes people who hold views that we think are stupid or maybe even dangerous. It includes people who hate us. Jesus called them our enemies. It includes people who are sinning in ways that disgust us. It includes people who come into contact with us who are going through hard times. I mean, they've lost their job or they have a sick family member or their marriage is breaking up or their kids are addicted to drugs. The love the Spirit produces in us will include feeling love for all of these people and some that I haven't mentioned. And we have learned to chase away those feelings. It isn't that we actively hate those people. It's worse than that. It's not that we hate them, we just don't care about them. We don't think about them. We don't even notice them. And I don't think hate is the opposite of love. I really don't. I think apathy is the opposite of love. Maybe it's just me, but am I the only one who thinks it hurts far worse when someone doesn't care at all than when someone hates you? I mean, have you ever had that feeling? I mean, something's going wrong in your life and you're in a huge crisis and you may have an enemy that is gleeful about your pain. They're really happy that you're hurting, but there's also a family member or a person you thought was a close friend and they just go on with life as if nothing is wrong at all. Like, there's no real problem at all. I mean, they may have conversations with you on a regular basis and they don't even ask about you or your situation. And I really think that apathy is the opposite of love. And can we just admit that many times you and I are apathetic? We just don't care. It isn't that we think bad things about people who are hurting. We just don't think about them at all. God's spirit inside of us is constantly trying to help us feel love. Remember that time when you saw that person who needed help? Their car was broken down on the side of the road or their driveway needed to be shoveled or their garbage can had blown over and spilled and where you saw her crying in a public place, you noticed, didn't you? 
You might have even had a momentary thought that you should stop and help, but you chased it away very quickly. What if you allowed yourself to feel, to really feel, to feel what it would be like to be broken down by the side of the road or to have such pain in your life that you just couldn't control the tears even in public or to be addicted to a substance and begging on a street corner for money. To really allow yourself to feel love, you have to slow down enough to let God work on your heart. It may mean that you stop long enough to put yourself in their shoes. You might realize that addict on the street corner probably didn't set out to become addicted. It might have just been a careless choice that led to the habit, but it might also have been a response to abuse that she or he suffered at a young age. I think when we slow down and we consider the rest of the story, we will chase away apathy and we'll begin to really allow ourselves to feel love. And after you allow yourself to feel love, then to cultivate love and kindness, you will need to act on your feelings with kindness. You'll need to act on your feelings with kindness. Look again at those verses from 1 John 4. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God, knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Over and over and over again, the Bible tells us to love each other. And every time that it tells us to love each other, it isn't talking about how we feel. It's talking about what we do. It's talking about our actions towards each other. Acts of kindness are the way that we love each other. And we like to talk today about random acts of kindness, like paying for uh, the person behind you in the drive through at Starbucks. And that is kind, and it is loving, and I don't want you to stop doing those things. But that's easy kindness compared to some of the other ways that you should express your love through acts of kindness. How about the kindness of offering forgiveness to somebody who's hurt you that definitely doesn't deserve to be forgiven? How about the kindness of sitting down with a friend who, that you love and they're doing some things that you know God doesn't want them to do, things that are, uh, will destroy their life? How about sitting down with them and just saying, I love you enough to talk to you about this? Acts of kindness can include shoveling that driveway or mowing that lawn. It might also be offering to watch kids for a single parent so that they can get some time of peace and quiet or do something that they need to do. It might be leaving a grocery gift card in the mailbox of someone that you know who is unemployed. It could be expressing love by the kindness of listening to that person who is hurting pour out their heart in detail about the pain that is going on in their life. You see, the Holy Spirit 
doesn't want you to just feel love and to be kind. He wants to produce in you a lifestyle of love and kindness. A lifestyle of love and kindness. He wants love and kindness to become distinguishing marks in your life. He wants people at your funeral to stand up and say their whole life was about loving other people. Their whole life was about being kind to other people. And Jesus said, when that happens, it will truly reflect who he is. And people will recognize that we belong to him. He said it this way, all people will know that you are my followers if you love each other. If you love each other. My prayer is that we can all let God's spirit work in our lives so that love and kindness become more than just character qualities in our life. They become who we are. They become so much a part of us that we become like God and they really become who we are. We become truly loving and truly kind, just like Jesus. Let's pray together, shall we?